Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. Is trust the jury is not out on Emmanuel Macron. He's definitely French. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and this is Nonsensors. Hello and welcome back to Nonsensored, the podcast which picks out the best bits of my weekly and wildly popular radio show. I'm joined once again by my producer, Martin. Hello, Martin. Hello. We've got lots to get through this week. We talked to a justice minister. We talked to the CEO of Southern Central Thames Water. And we interviewed the only right-wing comedian in the world. Yes, absolutely. Um, other water providers do exist. <laughs> so you don't have to go to them if you don't want to. Thanks, Martin. Don't forget, London Dwellers, we have a live podcast coming up on the 10th of September and you can still get tickets at kingsplace.co.uk. Everyone, myself and Martin included, are incredibly excited. Oh, it's going to be a big show. There's lots going down. We've got some secret guests. And uh, do book in advance because uh, you never know what the queue's going to be like there. That's what I'd say. <laughs> Let's kick off with our regular diversity hire, Ishan Akbar. This was a fun one, wasn't it, Martin? Oh, yes. I mean, it's always fun to have Ishan on the line. Uh, he comes out with uh, some real corkers sometimes when he's not getting distracted by other people's wives. Let's take a listen. Ishan, welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Harriet. How are you? I'm absolutely wonderful. Thank you for asking Let's get straight to the point now we've done the chit-chat. What is your hot and spicy takeaway of the week? Well, you may have seen that this week a certain Emily Maitlis, mm -hmm. former head honcho or presenter of Newsnight, doing a McTaggart lecture at the Edinburgh Festival. And there she posited that a certain Robbie Gibb... Uh, Sir Robbie Gibb. My apologies. Yep. Sir Robbie Gibb, the former communications director for a certain... Lady Theresa May? Is it Lady Theresa May? Well, I call her Lady Theresa May. Okay. I mean, she is a lady. Emily Maitley suggested that Sir Robbie Gibb was uh, slightly being cheeky with BBC impartiality rules and slightly influencing the direction in which BBC supposed impartiality was headed. So my hot and spicy takeaway of the week is, why is everyone upset about this? If you're a board director, you should be expected to do some work. And it's not frankly... Quite refreshing to see that a non-executive director is doing something for a change. Well, also, surely that's why you would be a board director. Yeah. It's so you can influence it. Yeah, really. exactly. You, you want to be a board director, not a board director, because you're not doing any work. <laughs> Completely. 
Completely. Um, I, I I understand that your your takeaways are often very hot and always spicy. But I, no, I actually I, I quite like quite like the mild. I, I have to say that I, I, I disagree. I, I, oh, I think well, of course, a, a government appointee uh, interfering with with the journalistic integrity. I mean, is this something that we Martin, want? Martin, I just going... realised you're the corner of the takeaway. He, he, he isn't absolutely he? is. The corner is well balanced. It's well balanced. Mildest, be... most blandest, most boring of all it's the takeaways. It's just a little sweeter than some of the others, but it's With still... a d- sad-looking chicken in a plain... swimming in a yellow, sticky sauce. Actually, it's actually uh, cream-coloured. I mean, this does... I, I can see what you're doing, but it doesn't... Um, uh, undermine the point that having any kind because of course if we were to have a Labour government and then they put an appointee that started controlling the BBC Martin I'm going to stop you there that would be a very different thing because in this country we already have a mainstream media which is, is very geared towards the left the left woke are a real problem they're really taking over all institutions, uh, things like swimming pools. It's a real problem. They when... very much are the, the guardians of public sentiment, aren't they? <laughs> He's very good. He's very good. So that, that, there's They that often hold you... up a mirror to society. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, honestly, it was really wonderful. They don't allow us to have any independent thoughts. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think you need to telegraph it anymore. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to to telegraph. Now really isn't the times. I don't know why you times. try and ruin the programme like this. I, I don't know. I employed you on this programme as a favour. I said you, you can take I part just, in discussions. It doesn't feel and- like a favour, but... In any case, the thing that I want to pick up on is you said a government-appointed person is interfering with journalist integrity... I would say that it's not interfering to do work. You can't go to work and say, I'm interfering with yes. someone else's work day. He's working and he's testing the journalistic integrity of what we say. And frankly, in this country, we should be ruddy proud. You know, we should be ruddy proud that we're able to appoint people who can influence the journalistic standards. And also the BBC does need sorting out. It's, it's, it has been mean to the government in the past and it's good that the government has a hold on it. And then it feels a bit threatened by it. You know, maybe it should be listening to number 10 more. I mean, Emily made this. I feel like she was just telling everybody. She was just a factual retelling of the situation. Yes. That this is what happened and this is what I suggest. And Dominic Cummings sent me a text. We get it, Emily. You've got friends. Congratulations. But then everybody else on social media is like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. How dare Robbie Gibb? Sorry. Sir Robbie Gibb. How dare Sir, Sir Robbie Sir Gibb? Gibb. I mean, I interferes. Mean, surely. I've recently, recently been trying to interfere with Jane. Oh no! Don't that, I don't think that's. This. Don't yeah. say interfere with her. Don't. That's not. Is that? I think no, that's, that's a poor not, choice not of words. Is it poor choice no, of words? No, and it's not. Sorry, are you interfering with my thoughts? I don't like the idea of you interfering with anything. To be honest, it's it's not a mental image that I okay. I enjoy. I just. I just don't like how my sister has become a feature of this podcast. This it's a bit much. It's a bit much, Ishan, and it's not. It's not a hot and spicy takeaway. She's it's a, a very hot and spicy takeaway. It's a cold takeaway. and 
unspicy, boring. I'd like to take her for a hot meal. No, she does enjoy a spicy meal, but that's not the point here. I, I don't, you just said that he's a korma. I'm very much a vindaloo of the situation. I mean, vindaloo is too spicy. If anything, why would you actually order it? I think it's the best. What what curry would you be, Harriet? The chips. So that's not a curry, is it? That's, no, they, but they always, are quite you tasty. You say that, they always have an option for the chips. It's always good to have. So it is an option. On the side. But it could happen. If it could happen to them, it could happen to us. If there were someone interfering with non-censored. Huh? Imagine that. I mean, they wouldn't be interfering with journalism, would they? It's not journalism. What, what do you mean? Well, this isn't journalism, is Yes, it, it is. Well, well I'm, I'm a journalist. It's more of an opinion programme, I'd say. They're the same things. Well, for, for legal reasons, I don't, I don't think we can actually class it as journalism. It's, uh, we oh, have a, here we go. Legal things. This is a, why law is in such a bother. It would be great if someone interfered with the law. Well, I think, I think they're, they're working on it. They need to make sure that someone interferes and redefines the terms of what this actually is. I mean, technically, we are, I, I think, uh, light entertainment. No, come on, it's not light entertainment. Which I, mean, I, I thought was actually quite a good win for me, because there was a back and forth, and they, uh, they were not even going to let us call it that. Technically light entertainment, but actually hard-hitting journalism. Yes, OK, I like that, yes. 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 We're basically our own category. Yeah. We're doing something new, something exciting. We're an upstart. We're a new frontier of Dis- journalism. Disruptors. Disruptors. Yes. I often feel disrupted after a, a day's work here. With all the chaos around the water system this week, we thought we would speak to the person who knew most about it, Chairman of Central Southern Thames Water, Douglas Brown. Douglas, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really uh, delighted to be here to just be very open and share, share some of the ideas that, um, and any worries that people have to kind of quell those. And really, uh, let's be here to talk sensibly for once. Yes, for once. Because there's been a lot of misinformation out there, hasn't there, about, about, these, about sewage being pumped back into the water and the government letting this happen. Now, that's a very good uh, point there. Thank you. Harriet, for, for making that. Thank you. Um, the only one thing that I would like to mention here before is uh, sewage is a very provocative word. It's, uh, it comes with a lot of um, baggage for a lot of people. and it's, it's A lot of dirt. Certainly. And I'm very aware that the media at the moment are trying to sensationalise the story. Um, it's obviously, you know, a lot of emotion gets poured into this. Um, and so I, I'd rather not use the word sewage, if that's okay. In the, in the water industry, we, use, uh, we just use the word overplop. Um, overplop is, uh, is not just... Sewage, f- for many people, they feel like it's um, effluence, human effluence being poured into the sea. But you must understand that what you're seeing is, is not just that. It's, um, there's the grime of the streets, there's uh, a lot of cooking oil... And I'd say 45% of what you're seeing is actually baby wipes. To be honest, overplop does not sound a great deal better. Um, you know, if you don't mind me just... It's got a quite nice sort of plosive sound, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's I mean, just, it's fun it's, to say. Obviously, it's fun to say. As a technical term, it's you know, obviously not something which I've come up with myself. But my, um, you know, the science, the science guys that we have working on it, um, it's, it's the clearest, most economical way of describing what we're dealing with. And sewage 
is something uh, which people think about as, as Victorian times, you know, the sewage being poured down the streets, flushed into the seas, people bathing in... You, what you're imagining is, you know, a small child standing in front of a pipe with 45 gallons of plot being pushed in their face. That's not what's happening. If you take a map, for example, we only have pipes every so many miles across there. So there's plenty of uh, beaches which, which don't have those pipes on it. And, those, and people are more than welcome to go to those places. Yes, we'll go abroad. That's what I'd do. I wouldn't go to a British beach. No, Disgusting. I, well, I mean, that's a, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I think people have a difficult idea of where this stuff comes from and where it goes. If they weren't going to put it in the sea, where would they put it? Well, this is exactly... So people mm. talk about sewage treatment and the idea that uh, somehow the sewage gets treated. Sorry, the, we are treating all of the... Um, uh, over plop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the plop. The, um, You're having trouble remembering your own words there, Douglas. Yes, well, no, it's, it, there are many different terms for it. There's the... Um, right. The poop, the plop, the, the waste, the, the poop, the dirt, the, the filth, um, the grime. Yes, that's right. So, so uh, the... Um, Scum. No, it's not, it's not a word that I'd use. What's the... I'd filth. say the best... The, the filth, the... Um, the, uh, the, the dark, the dark, forbidden... The, the gravy. Water. Yeah. Um, the naughty gravy. Naughty gravy, is, I think, sounds rather fun. I think, well, I think that's a nice I mean, way. I think you should call it that. I, but it shouldn't be in the water. That's what makes it so Martin, naughty. let me ask you this. Would you rather go to a beach and have your children slash dog slash whichever they are play in the overplop or would you rather the overplop be sent to your house. I mean, I'd rather have neither. Well, this is something which is the option because what what are we going to do with mm. this? So, where what are the options when there is excess um, gravy? gravy. Um, what what are the options? We can either have we can either choose to send it out to sea, or we can choose to have it back up into your house. Now, that's something which which could happen, uh, and. So I mean, Martin, this I don't feels know, like a threat. I don't know it's, whether what how would you it's just feel life, Martin? If we diverted the pipes, please don't. Not from the sea, but into your no, into don't your house. do that. That I really have. It has to go somewhere, Martin. Well, though, I don't think it should go to. I don't think it should go to my house. Why don't you just build more pipes? Um, Martin, you need to understand that uh, pipes are very expensive. Now, if we wanted, if we were to build more pipes, that would require the bills to go up. Also, very ugly pipes. So, one option that we have is for you to for your water bill to go right up to give us the money in order that we can build more pipes to make it further away from your house, so maybe not in your house, the poo coming into your house. But of course, the minute we try and put any bills up, trying to make any profits. Everybody goes hurrah or goes crazy. Well, I, I haven't been going hurrah at all. Record profits from, from all of these sort of companies, Sorry, I mean, just like yours. I don't want to make it seem like I'm attacking you, Martin, but it's people like you who are actually... It's sort of the reason why we have no choice but to send this overplop onto the beaches because people like you, Martin, and the, all the work that you've been doing has given us no option. Well, I mean... Martin, I, I, I can't believe you did that. I feel like you're rebranding as some kind of uh, saviour, some kind of Winston Churchill-like figure. Don't get me wrong. My only aim in my work is to uh, 
uh, create better water treatment for everybody. I want everybody to have access to water and to oh, have Douglas, access to, pu- to good sanitation. Mm. That's my mission in what I do in my life. However, we can't pretend this doesn't come at a cost. And the cost is filling the beaches well, with no, shit. Well, no, Martin, the cost is money. Well, it, it seems to me that, you, you know, this is an impossible situation. And as a private company, you're not delivering on the needs of the people. So, I mean, aren't you concerned that if you keep on delivering such a poor service, you will end up being uh, uh, nationalised? Well, we- sorry, sorry, that just, that word is it's very difficult for me to hear. But people need water and people need not to have overplop well we live in a free market economy and people are more than welcome to change their water provider now it could be if you weren't happy with thames water you can change your provider just like you would change your electricity provider if you were with thames water you could change to northumbrian water now this would mean you had to move from london to middlesbrough but you have a choice to do that well i mean it doesn't seem like much of a choice at all in, much in the same way that I, I could change my provider by moving to a different country. You could. Absolutely. You could do that. Have you yes. thought about that, Martin? That's what, what, no. Why, I, don't, I, I don't like the sound of that. I just want a clean glass of water and for my dog not to smell. It's not the water, Martin. It's the horrible vegan food you feed it. Which seems to like food. I, animal abuse in my books. Trying to do our bit. Douglas Brown, thank you so much. And Martin, I think you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, Well, we had a very jolly chat with Clifford Clifford. Now, he may just be a justice minister now, Martin, but I think he's got a real bright future in government. I think Home Secretary one day. Oh, well, he's got some terrifying ideas and uh, he doesn't seem afraid to say them. So, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Let's take a listen. Well, Clifford, uh, you must have had your work cut out for you recently. Yes, it's, it's not been easy, shall we no. say, but you know, you, you, you do what you must. You yes. do what you must, you really do. And having to deal with what's going on in, in, in the criminal world, you know, it's not easy. It's, uh, they're always at it, yeah. constantly shooting each other and stuff like that. You know, some of them... Oh, wait, really, you mean the, crim- the criminals, yes, not the barristers? Yes, some of them absolutely yes. rough as hell, uh, and they don't give a damn. But surely this is why there should be more funding for the criminal justice system. Well, or less. I don't know if... Do you remember a film, and I get, I often get a little bit picked up on this. So yes. You know, let's see. Do you remember a wonderful film from the 1980s called Escape from New York? Oh, yes, I do. So with I, Kurt Russell. You remember this? And um, they yes. walled off New York, and they just... You know, because it was a wonderful, very exciting science fiction. I've got a picture of it on my on my wall, you know, and I give Kurt a little wave every time yes. I head on down to to to, uh, to the, the Commons. But it's um, no, it's a wonderful idea because you just build a big wall, just chuck them all in there. Yes, because obviously we, I mean, you wouldn't ever, I would never think to attack another man, you know, unless, I don't know, they looked no, funny no. or yes, they yes, of yes. called me a name or they sort of were looking at my wife, then I'd go for them. But, you know, but other than that, I would, I, you know, I, I win my battles with words. Clifford, I've been, can I just say, I've mm. been saying this for years. Yeah. You know, these, these barristers saying, oh, don't cut legal aid. Why mm. not just get rid of legal aid, fast track them straight to prison 
and do with the whole trial in general? I do, mean, do we even need the trials? Well, no, again, another, you know, you take someone who's in a respectable position, a judge, you know, obviously a judge without, you know, sort of liberal leanings. Or yes, whatever, but a, not, a judge, not one of a lefty lawyer. Someone like yourself, maybe, yes. you oh, know, someone you. who's proven a little bit of loyalty, a little bit yes. of consistency, who proves they, they understand what Britain is all about. And then you get this criminal, whatever they've done, say they've, I don't know, you know, stolen bread or something, yes. a supermarket, and you look at them in the eye and you just go, did you do it? Oh, wow. No, look me in the eye. Did you do it? And I guarantee, because they break like that. What if they don't break? What if they say, no, I didn't? And you know that they did because they look like a wrong one. Well, it depends on the severity of the crime, I guess. Yes. Um, if it's something particularly about you just keep going at them mm. and then maybe you get their, their mums in. Yes. You know, because they all love their mums. Yeah, that's very well, true. You get even though... You the, that's the th- thing of, of working class. Not that... I'm not saying all criminals are working class. Well, I mean, we but, have to be very delicate there. Yeah. You, but I'm just oh, saying, you know... of course. Know, of course. Not all... You know, I mean, oh, for God's sakes, um, you know, Vlad the Impaler was a king. Yes. It's not... A, yes, you know, of course you know, it is. Although he, he did actually bring forward a lot of ideas which we're actually trialling now. And again, I've got a picture of him next to Kurt Russell. Big inspiration for mm. me. I still feel that um, there's, this isn't necessarily addressing the, uh, the, the lack of funding for, for barristers that are trying to, oh. to, to defend, you know, well, the, what the I'm poorer saying people. Is, I mean, that, if you don't have the barristers, you don't need the funding. Exactly. Clifford, I think you'll probably agree with me here. I think if it's a dispute between, say, more richer, mm. upper-class people, then, of course, they can, buy a, they can buy a barrister because that's with their money. They're, they, they're, they're privately, you know, getting a barrister. You've earned your right. You've earned your to right to, be, yeah, to, to get some justice. By working hard, you know, or by your parents working hard, or their yes. parents. Or, I mean, it could go back generations. Yes. But at some point, someone worked quite hard. Whereas with these guys... Yes. I mean... <laughs> I, you know, could I, you I, get them if there's if you sort of have one working class person um, accusing another working class person? Could you sort of maybe I don't know put them in a ring because they like a boxing match? Well, I mean, yes, like obviously, as you match. know, we're also very much very keen on the idea of scrapping a lot of things like the BBC and so you know yes. and a lot of this kind of uh, taxpayers wasted money and going for streaming. And mm-hmm. I think something like that. Where you're seeing, you know, I don't know, what would you fight, call it, like poor fight or something, you know, like or yes, poor wonderful fight. fight club. I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know. Just have to a, check the legality of using that. Yeah, that or phrase, Running Man. Running Man. Yes. Oh, like the Schwarzenegger. Like the Schwarzenegger. Oh, I love great yes. film. And again, I that is on. We've got a great big whiteboard in the office, and that's that's top of it next to Escape from New York and just an wonderful. impalement. Um. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, it might seem like. Uh, oh, the funding's going, we're losing the barristers, blah, blah, blah. But what people don't appreciate is there's a lot of very exciting ideas coming through, some of which I really think are going to stick. I hope you're right, because one thing when when they were talking, you know, now obviously we're, we're sending refugees to, to Rwanda, but there was talk mm. about fun things like um, wind machine, like wind machines and little um, like disused... Like blowing them to Rwanda. Yes, to, just to Rwanda. blowing. If they tried Across to get in, we'd, we'd blow them away. And everyone got very excited. And then they, they said, oh, no, sorry, actually, we're not allowed to do these plans. So I hope... the kind of thing that just drives me, and I'm mm. sorry, it drives me absolutely... I know a lot of good people have worked very hard on the Rwanda yes. idea. And I was really sad for that, actually. I felt like when... You know, when um, Crossroads is cancelled or something like that. And you oh, think yes. a lot of that cast are brilliant. And yes. they really worked they hard. And similarly, 
um, with, uh, with the Rwanda policy, they'd put their heart and soul into it. Do you know what I mean? They'd really worked hard. And yes, and the windblowing idea was exceptional because, it, I mean, people are banging on about these wildfires and climate change. I'm giving you an option. We've put a massive windmill on the side of Britain and anyone who comes tries to go past it is just blown right back. Blown. Lovely. You know? blown or back. chopped up in the fan. And then I imagine if you Which again right, you can stick on yes. you can stream if you know. Yes, chopped up in the fan and and then a warning to others, I think. Oh definitely. Yeah. You're not well, you're certainly gonna think twice. And if you can get through, if you can get through that fan, you're welcome to stay because you're showing a level of integrity. Yes. Frankly, the working classes in this country have not shown for a long time. Clifford, thank you very much. Thank you. We are still at the fringe, so we thought we'd speak to a comedian. Absolutely, one of one of the only um, right wing comedians out there. I had to sift through uh, quite a few uh, liberals to, to to find one of these guys. Well, yes, we we do champion the underdog on this show, and so we thought we'd champion Jeff Norcott. <laughs> Jeff Norcott, um, you made your name at the Fringe, and I'm sure you're glad to be back. Um, but do you worry that comedians who aren't like you, aka middle class, yeah, will struggle? Yeah, I, I would. Argue I didn't make my name at the Fringe. Oh. You know, what I mean, well, I did, it just took uh, ages. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't. I came up here a years. I spoke about all stuff, and then Brexit. Luckily, I mean, the moment that the nation was driven into sort of like cultural tribal warfare, it was, it was great for me. Really. One of the benefits of Brexit. Yeah, big yeah. benefit for me is that, and as it ramped up, and everyone, the more people hated each other, it seemed that the more work I was getting. I have yeah. significantly mellowed since then, but uh, I don't feel like the public have, and I hope that continues. Do you think that's because Brexit hasn't um, fulfilled yet its 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 promise? I just no, I think Brexit was actually a placeholder for a human desire to just be at odds with each other, driven by a sort of an underpinned by the narcissism that social media provides. We weren't meant to spend so long thinking about what we think, Yeah, basically. I don't remember that. Late 90s, I wasn't sure what I thought about a lot of stuff. But Brexit cleared it for you. Brexit and then it gave us a, a right-wing comedian. It, yeah, I mean, because I'd say like centre-right, but that that's just that doesn't look good in newspapers, No, no, you it? have to stick with right-wing. And let's be honest, most comedians that say left-wing, not really that left-wing. Are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if left-wing policies come along, like genuine left-wing ones, they shit themselves. Yeah. I would say most comedians are Lib Dems, but that is not sexy or cool. No, well, Lib Dems are horrible. Well, well, we don't I mean, have they, them in anywhere. They, they have some good policies, I think, from, from time to time. Not that I'm staking my claim on either side yeah. of the, the, um, the argument there. Just uh, Nothing wrong with wearing sandals. But I do think you, you, have to, you have to pick a side, don't you? I mean, do you feel that the, the weight of your shoulders of, of all the kind... Basically, because all, all the right-wing people in the, in the country yeah. are looking to you to be their they voice. They are, yeah. And you're sort of failing. A lot of pensioners. Yeah. It's a lot of frail pensioners on my shoulders bearing down on me. With very brittle bones. Yes. And they a terrifying do. image. Terrifying. And we lost a lot of them to COVID, so that's some of your demographic gone. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Mm. When you had, like, br- briefly after Brexit, when there was a lot of Romanian types going, well, hopefully all the old people die and we can rejoin. And the moment COVID happened, those exact same people wanted the old people to live. I'm like, do you understand how much inheritance is tied up at the moment and what that could do for the country? If you were being pragmatic about what happened with COVID... Let it rip. Let it rip for the young. 
That's a very that's a very interesting point of view. I hadn't thought of it like that. that take. Well, nature made a noise and we didn't listen. Let's put it that way. It did. And then well, some of the old people we put to work going around gardens. That was mm. quite effective. And they inevitably also died. Where's the next Captain Tom? You know. We are still waiting for him. Well, there are probably loads, aren't there? There's probably, we, we haven't seen him, but there's probably loads of pensioners that sort of like just got like 17 views and probably clocked up even more steps. Yeah, my uncle Terry is offering to uh, go up and down his stairs yeah. three times a day uh, to, to raise money for, um, I, I don't know, cerebral Himself. palsy, yeah. something. I don't know, one of You've those. You've got Uncle Terry. That's quite working class though, isn't Thank it? Thank you. Yes, well, I do. I do have, you know, I do consider myself a, a sort of woman of the people. Yeah. I, you know, I can talk to people from all classes. If I'm Thank talking you. to someone who's working class, you know, I say things like, "Give it, give us a, give us a bacon sarnie," yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> just, just woman of the people. I think yeah. it's important in my line of work to be able to talk to everyone. Yeah, no, no, I, th- I think that's good. I, I've noticed that the, there's a bit of code switching that goes on, right? Yes. So, so I look, I'll be honest, my club, my life is a bit more middle class these days. I live in Cambridgeshire, yes. you know, but in, in, in my community, that's called, I've done all right for myself. Right. right. And so I go to a lot of uh, like bar- barbecues with these people. A lot of them are called Josh. And they will often call people like me chap or fella. I've noticed that because they feel like they have to talk my language. They go, hey, chap, hey, fella. But I, can, you know, can you not, so, so we, don't, we don't call you chap or, or fella? No, no, and definitely not Jeffers because I think middle class men do shit nicknames. So they'll say something like, oh, Jeffers, and they say that weird... Well, also Jeffers. I mean, that that was my my, uh, grandfather's butler was called Jeffers. Exactly. Jeffrey is a very butlerish name. Let's just be honest. I mean, that is... Look, my name, I've I've often thought, from a class point of view, you say Jeff Norcott, that could be a scouse builder, right? Jeffrey Norcott, he's selling Jaguars. Yes. I mean, one syllable and, and a whole different sort of social strata. There's lots of there's lots of Jeffs there. You were saying, weren't there? There's um, yes, yeah. Well, we actually um, had a, a small uh, selection here. Uh, I thought I could get your opinion on um, who the best Jeff was. Mm. Uh, y- yourself excluded, of course. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> okay. Um, so first of all, we got uh, Jeffrey from Rainbow. If you can solid Jeffrey spells it correctly as well with the G, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, very friendly. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, you, if there are any on the list, just 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 sort of off off mic. If there are any on the list that are spelled with a J, you I'll, won't be accepting. Well, I walk. You'll. I don't know if we should have. It's Jeffrey Chaucer. Jeff. Yeah. Correct spelling. Yeah. Good. Handmade style. Very good. Um, Did he write that? Yes. Yes. Great show. Oh wait. No. <laughs> no. The Canterbury Tales. I the think Canterbury that was the. Yeah, I think that, that was, was one. Um, yeah. uh, next one. Um, El Jefe is a kind of Jeff. That's a beer, isn't He's it? El Jefe. El, el, it, well, Fidel Castro was called... Is he called el, Jeffrey? Is well, he Jeffrey no, Castro? Well, no, it's more like El Jefe. It's the it's chief in... Um, That's a beer, isn't it? It's like a wheat beer. It might also it's be a Spanish wheat beer. Spanish version of Jeffrey. But popular, nonetheless. And, and I, a man of the people. Yeah, but the wrong way. Like the left-wing way. Oh, so right. that's, that's, that's ultimately history shown that that is not being the man of the people. Um, Jeff Hurst? Jeff, I mean, we're talking my language now. There we go. Until he said what he said. Oh, what, what did he say? I literally couldn't say what that's he said. That's okay. This is yeah. a safe space. It's, it's safe actually space not for this word. People's. Oh, oh, maybe we don't. Yeah. You know, it's safe within reason. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm actually sweating just thinking about yeah. what could happen now. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, Jeff Bezos. I don't like the fact that he spells his name with J. I do admire the lack of tax that he pays. So uh, in some ways that, I guess it balances out. Yep. Okay, thank you. So, Jeff, can we talk about the fact that you were on the BBC diversity panel? No. 
Okay, well, we'll we'll move round it. But I could, you know, we could talk in general terms. Yes, and if you say terms. something, I can't. I'll just give you like these. I don't know. Well, I I could just like bleep that. it out. Yeah, he can he can bleep it out. Yeah, and um, and 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 it's fine because any kind of lawyer law things lawyer things that come through any kind of th- legal threats, mm. Martin deals with those. It really well, that's is not, a mountain of paperwork. Doesn't fill me with that much confidence. <laughs> is there another legal guy that above Martin? Well, I sometimes get my brother involved. <laughs> okay, sounded weird. Well, no, it's fine. It's fine. I've got all yeah. the all the things that you need. You know, Microsoft Word. Yeah. Jeff, so you were on the diversity panel for yeah. a well-known uh, TV behemoth. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, in, in what capacity was was that? Was well, that as- it was actually there for class. But what happened was the morning of that, um, it was uh, it was. They were like, "Oh, you live in Cambridgeshire. Let's change it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't allowed to admit that for a while. Right. I had to say that I live live near Bedford just to qualify yeah. it, which mm. sort of helped. But um, the Guardian um, immediately they saw that I was on it, and they was like uh, a diversity Tory on panel. So they read it their own way. That wasn't why I was there. Maybe you should have been on it for that, though. Yeah, well, yes. look, I mean, look, there were, I did say things over. We time. are a minority. Who, I pointed, who win? I pointed out stuff, but the class element what was interesting. Was that the the fact that all the tabloids and, and the broadsheets missed that sort of suggested that it was a bit of a blind spot. The Telegraph were white man on diversity panel. So it was almost like it showed you what newspapers, what prism they viewed the whole thing through. And um, yeah, I mean, I must admit, it was it was interesting because that day um, when I went in there, now I think that this is not racially sensitive to say this, most of the security staff at BBC New Broadcasting House are, are not white guys or, or women. So when I went there, they said to me, uh, what are you here for? I said, I'm on the diversity panel. And this guy looked at me like, no, you're not. I mean, can you imagine, like, if you're a black guy and then you see a white guy arrive and then go, yeah, I'm on a diversity panel. He's like, get out. But it's interesting you talking about the papers and their different responses because I'd say, you know, with things like The Guardian, yes, they're, they're completely ignoring class, but The Telegraph, mm. probably because they don't see class, which is a different thing. I mean, mm. I, don't, I don't see class. Yeah, I mean, if I had money, I wouldn't see class. No. Either. It'd be helpful, wouldn't it? No, I think having money really opens your mind. It also uh, keeps the other classes away, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Sort of yeah. I mean, we're talking like walls. Shire Horses type things. So when you go yeah, through yeah, dodgy... Yeah, so you're really focused. You, you see what's in, And all the kind of rather nice, nasty bits yeah. to the side you don't see. Because when you're walking down a bad street, often it is to the side, the bad stuff, isn't it? Yes. Like, sort of like things happening in alleyways, like rubbish building up. But if Council you wear states. an actual... Because I've often people say, oh, you know, they use blinkers as an analogy. Get, wear actual blinkers. Sleep at night. And actually, the worst thing to do would be to talk about how terrible something is, but not do anything to change it. Yes. I just say, morally, ignore it completely. Yes, completely. Um, I know, I think that's the way to go through life. Um, it, it sounds like you do have some interesting ideas on diversity, and we actually you, have Martin. our own See, diversity. that's what middle-class guys do. See, the way you just said that. Oh, I sound, oh actually, you've got yeah. some... Mate, have I got a chip well, on my shoulder? I didn't, no, there's not. I'm, I can get you some chips if you want. We've yeah, got, we with normal chips as well, not this sweet potato. Bit of curry bowl. sauce for your chat. Don't try. No, it. it's not. No, no. Just, but um, we have our own diversity correspondent. We is, do. Is what, um, um, yes, I, I Ishan might... Akbar, who's actually been quite problematic at the moment. So maybe you could take yeah. over. Yeah, I mean, Ishan is. I think the problem with a guy like that, he's just a massive racist. We don't mind that actually. I bet. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all right with that. He's a great hire for the channel. Yeah, but it's you know it's kind of like it. I mean, I, it's, I I'm, I'm the same in something not racist, obviously, but in terms of like working class people, when you've come from a council state background, you can say some awful stuff. I mean. You would love it. Mm. The bad stuff you can say about poor people when you've been poor. I see. I do think that there is a point, you know, having a sort of social structure. It does keep order, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. So you know where you are. 
Is this person below me? Is this person above me? Now it's very confusing. It's like, are they a boy? Are they a girl? Are they upper class? Are they lower class? It's it's very confusing. I, I worry that we are losing our way as a society. Because the pendulum's swinging now, you know? Towards working class now. So so in in the 90s, right, you had Blur, people like that, pretending that they went to the Greyhound tracks. It was weird. I don't know what happened. Now now everyone's trying to be working class. Well, then it went through a period. The 2010s, all about the posh people, wasn't it? Benedict Cumber thing. Yeah. And Damien, whatever. The ginger Uh, one. The ginger one, right? The ginger, I think he ended up being a terrorist. Um, The ginger terrorist. The ginger terrorist. The ginger Muslim terrorist. The ginger Muslim terrorist off the telly. And then there there was a lot of royal weddings and it was all about posh, wasn't it, for a while. And everyone wanted posh, you know, and then suddenly it changes. You look at Mick Lynch. Now we all want a bloke who looks like he could give you advice in a and q Yeah, yeah. Mick Lynch yeah, knows helpful, where actually. stuff is in a and q right? Yes, he could, as long as he didn't talk about trains mm. uh, and was just showing me where to find the, um, the, the you know, the hammer, then I, I'd be all right with that. I totally agree with you. Mm. I think everything he says about socialism, I'm like, I, I could do with less of that. Yeah, but just, just give me directions. Just give me directions. Look like someone my dad would have had a pint with. Then I, I've got a lot of time for the bloke. Yeah. But of course, uh, Mick Lynch, he was right about Brexit. Um, so look, I found, uh, I, I was looking up at class and what it means. And class noun, a system of ordering society that existed between the years 1760 mm. and 1979. So Margaret Thatcher ended class. She did. Yeah. See, that's the kind of radical stuff that we need now. Yeah. She could end a lot of stuff. You know, she could end cancel culture. She could end it. She could cancel it. Just... What, Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. I mean, there is a small movement who are dedicated to trying to get her back. Well, I mean, we're not at that point yet. But I do think when you're talking 20 years' time, technology moving so the technology in that area would blow your mind. So yeah, so don't rule anything out. Yeah, then we could then we could bring her back. I mean, it's like you know the uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: Emperor Returns. Well, if you're in, if you're yeah. interested, um, there is there is a, a fund that you can give to um, very important research on how to bring Maggie Thatcher back. Mm. Um, some really dedicated um, scientists. Have also, you got shares in it? In, in any yes, level. yes, I do. Yes, Before I do. That, I, I yeah. choose. You know, I, I'm very careful with my money and where I put it. And I think mm. this is really worthy because what I like about them, they're scientists, but they're not scientists who believe in science. Yeah. So they, you know, they have a good sort of healthy skepticism about all things science while also practicing science. I mean, I, I, I think scientists have been wrong loads, haven't they? Mm. How many years? Oh, it speaks to science. Oh, the the sun revolves around the earth. What utter bollocks! Yeah, that was hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Then you make Copernicus comes along, right? Paul Giese gets absolutely fucking persecuted for pointing out that it's not. If that was true, then it would. Be, it's just not big enough, is it? Yeah. To heat things, that would be my. If I'd have been around then, I'd have gone. That's bollocks because that is not big enough for how hot I feel now. That's beautiful. and that's the kind of science I, I can get on side with. Yeah. Well, maybe we, have we got a space for a science correspondent? Um, so I, just, I just feel like this is something that needs more unpacking. I don't. No, I don't want a science okay, correspondent on this program. No. Every man, science. Every man, science. Instinctive science. You know, when they talk about the universe being infinite, I just think no, I don't think it is. Actually, we could we could have an expert hire someone who's an expert, but 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 just it, a multi yeah level. Just I mean, Jeff, would you be expert. game for that? So you just have to mm. be an expert in all things. You don't have to know about it because 
we don't want an, an expert expert. Well, I can do a guest log, but sometimes you say stuff in your shows that I can't be like regularly adjacent, even me, what, to that. What do you mean? Well, like the, the xenophobia and stuff like that. Is... What's wrong with that? Well, no, We're catering to a demographic. But you're not xenophobic. I've seen like the people you hang out with, the men that you date, and the. Thank you. And you know, there's a lot of men. Well, look, me, me, and my husband, we have an understanding. Yeah. And um, and also, I I say to him, look, uh, I I need to. Part of my job is experiencing men from all walks of life. Yeah, because yeah. that's how much you love men. You're like, you think men have been persecuted, so you're trying to sort of individually go around and make them feel, a lot of them feel a lot better. Yes, thank you. I feel people don't understand that always, and I've never heard it actually sort of so succinctly put into words. And a lot of them are very working class because you're sort of paying their flights over. Yes, yes, I do. I do. I help them. I help them. So, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I give them is, breakfast in the morning, be, and then I send them on their merry way. But that's what you're very open-minded about class in your own way. Yeah. I, I, and I think, and, and and you know, people from other countries, and I, I just think like you should let more of that come out in your show. Thank you, Jeff. I mean, I, I'd be open to that that change of tact. It seems seems like quite positive. I'm just a nice, empathetic person. It is a change of brand, though. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure yeah, until not, the end. I'm not going to do it again. Well, that was another week of Non-Censored. Please remember to subscribe and leave a lovely review. Martin, t- tell them yes. the thing. Yes, uh, it's five stars. You, you hit the subscribe yep. button and, and, and then you just just write anything. Just think of a fond memory, maybe a, a friend that you, you, you know, you'd like to describe or maybe just a lovely... Um, painting that you saw once and just t- just type that in with thanks to Rosie Holt Brendan Murphy Ishan Akbar Colin Holt Oliver Izod and special guest Jeff Norcott this has been Non-Censored I've been Harriet Langley Swindon until next week goodbye goodbye